Praise God. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Let me ask again. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? We thank the Lord for His, His Spirit, His anointing, and, um, and your faithfulness to the house of God. I'm thankful for a place of refuge that we can come to and commune with Him. Let me just uh, make a couple of announcements before I dismiss our classes tonight. Um, if you come in the building and there are packages by the front door uh, or anywhere in the foyer, you know, like they've been delivered or whatever, please don't put those in a closet. Uh, we think they've not been delivered and then we're trying to track them down and figure out why they didn't get delivered. Um, you can either let them sit where they are or you can just place those right outside my wife's office and that would be helpful. We would appreciate that very much. Just don't, just don't try to hide them away or put them in a closet. If you'll put them next to the door or just leave them there, we'll make sure that they get to the right place. And as an update to our exterior um, construction, there was no work that went on today. And um, we, are, we have hit a little bit of a snag in that the metal that they need to wrap the canopy um, and for the gutters and the downspouts is not in stock. And uh, they have been waiting for it to arrive for some time. <clears throat> and they are telling me now that it may not be until the first or second week of October until we get our, um, before we get our gutters and downspouts and finish up the canopy. Um, so I, I am trying to get them to put the roof of the canopy on within the next week or so uh, because if it rains it's just going to become like a like a um, a rain a rainstorm under the canopy it'll just come right through there's no roof on it i know you see that metal up there but that's that's the decking that's not the roof um so i'm i'm working on getting that done and there are some other uh, details that they are waiting on as well i'm working feverishly to get um, them to go ahead and get the paving done on either side of the concrete. Uh, Lives was not planning on being out here until we sealed the asphalt in October, and I let them know today that won't work for us. So um, we are, we're going to try to get that done best we can, um, and we will see what we can do on that. But thank you so much for your patience, and I know we've got a little bit of renovation fatigue and uh, waiting on backlogs and, and uh, work to get done, but it is, it is looking good, and uh, it'll look great when we're, we're, when we're finished. For those of you that wonder why it's so dark under the canopy, it's because there's not a roof there. We can't, we can't put any lights or anything under there until we get the roof, and, um, and if you're wondering if it will be lit, I'm quite sure that it will be lit very brightly there are, there are eight four-foot uh, LED lights that are going under there, and eight, um, if, I'm, if I'm doing my math right, I may be doing my math wrong. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. It will be, it will be six four-foot and six three-foot. So there's about 12 lights um, 
that are going under that canopy, it will be, uh, it, it'll be bright. <laughs> it'll be plenty lit. And I, and I think that will spill over and give us some ambient lighting on either side of the canopy. And we will have plenty of lighting out here. Don't you worry about that. We will take care of that. And, um, and so um, we're just going to wait a little bit more and it'll get done. And then also tonight, following the service, for those of you that got the memo, I asked the men that were going to help tonight to dress casual for church. Uh, we need every man that will to stay for about 45 minutes to an hour immediately following dismissal. I will not be able to meet with anybody tonight. I didn't have any scheduled meetings, but you will not be able to get to me tonight. As soon as I put the mic down, I'm going to the event center because we have to get the carpet up on the balcony and on the stairs. There, there's quite a bit of stuff that needs to be moved off of the balcony before we can start pulling the carpet up. So if we could get every man to possibly stay for 45 minutes or an hour, um, we could get that done quicker, and we would appreciate that very, very much. They are laying the carpet upstairs and putting the rubber treads on the stairs themselves uh, starting Monday. And, um, and then as a possibility, we may see some paint going in there at the end of next week. I don't know for sure. But we are moving forward with what we can move forward with, and uh, we are working feverishly trying to get this done. So thank you so much for your patience. Next Friday, that is a week from tomorrow, uh, will be greater, and we are excited about that. We're pumped. And Brother Joel Urshan will be preaching for us in that uh, service. Um, that's going to be a very powerful service. We want you to come, and we want you to bring people that need the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, not uh, you just, I mean, it's fine whoever wants to come. But, you know, when I say bring people, don't, don't bring people that's just looking to hear Brother Urshan preach. That's fine if they come or whatever. But I'd like for you to reach for people that need the Holy Ghost and and uh, people that have fallen away from the Lord. And uh, we're believing for a ton of, of people, young people, to receive the Holy Ghost that night, and adults. We're believing for that. And then he will, he will stay over and preach for us uh, next Sunday morning and Sunday night. Not this coming, but, but following greater. Uh, he will be here preaching for us. And it's going to be a powerful, powerful day. And we want the building filled on Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday evening with people that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, if, if you have not uh, heard Brother Urshan preach before, I apologize to you. And I'm so very sorry. Um, he is a very, very powerful preacher. And uh, so it's going to be a great weekend. And we're going to have a great weekend this coming weekend. So we're trusting that the men are going to stay and help us tonight. I'm not asking for a show of hands. We're just trusting that you're going to please, please help us. Uh, we would appreciate that very much. All right, we're going to dismiss our classes. And if everybody else would just turn around and greet somebody and um, tell them you are glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight.
right, God bless you, and you may be seated. Tonight I'm, I'm going to teach on a subject um, that may seem a little basic, um, and, I, and I think that we think we know what it really means, but there is a, a little bit of a deeper biblical meaning um, Monday night I was uh, speaking to a group of ministers on a Zoom meeting and um, I was going down the principles of the apostolic church. I gave 12 of them and I'll be teaching on some of them um, intermittently here in this short season uh, coming up as I get an opportunity and as the Lord tells me to do so. And one of the things that kind of stood out to me uh, while I was studying for that and uh, while I was speaking Monday night is the subject of fellowship. And I, I think it's one of these things that as far as the topic is concerned, we take it for granted. And uh, we, we just say, well, you know, what's the big deal? We grab coffee with somebody and, or we chit-chat. And, yeah, it's what we do after church or before church. And every once in a while we kind of go to eat with one another. But there is a reason why fellowship is in the Scripture. And it is more than chit-chat. It's more just hanging out with somebody. Um, but, it, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. And we know that it comes from the Greek word koanania. Uh, and it means to share in or participation or communion. To share in participation or communion. And so what that says to me is that, is that fellowship... Is, cannot be accomplished without participating. You can't just be with a group and be, be in fellowship. There has to be participation. And it lends itself to the understanding of partnership. And we are in partnership with the Lord. We are participating in the ministry of His kingdom. And we are joined with Him. We are the body of Christ, and we'll, we'll talk about that here tonight. But when we, when we come to the house of God, we are not here just showing up. We are here as participants, and we are here in partnership with Him. We're not, we're not just come to just kind of throw noise at Him, sing songs, and like, like He's way out there, and we're way over here. And we're just kind of like throwing praise at him and just trying to reach and grasp and maybe he'll do something for us. We, we actually are coming together to participate with him and with one another because we are in partnership. And so I believe that that is the true essence of fellowship. I also believe that it is important who we participate or who we fellowship with. I believe that is really important who we participate with. We should, we should first and foremost fellowship or participate with people that are connected to the right doctrine. The right doctrine. 
Now there, there is a there is a pressure, and and I don't mean this to come across wrong. It just it's just a fact. It's reality, and it's not new. It's been around forever. There is a pressure upon the people of God to to be just just overboard nice to everybody. Compassion, I understand, and reaching for the lost, I understand. Be kindly affection one to another, and I understand all that. And yes, I think we should be nice people, and I think we should be kind. But I don't think we should participate with everybody. So hanging out with somebody or reaching for a sinner is that, you know, or just, just grabbing coffee with someone that's lost with the, with the uh, intent of being an example to them or to, to work on winning them to God, that's something different. What I'm talking, with, what I'm talking about tonight is, is this participation with one, one another because of the body that we are a part of. Apostolic fellowship is not just spending time with someone, but it is literally being in communion with them. We did not come here tonight to just see one another or just say hello to one another and, and then join after church with our, you know, our small circle of friends that we have and, and we, can't, we can't connect with anybody else because we're, we're so scared to reach out even within our own church body. But we are in partnership with one another. And there has been a, there has been a trend. I've watched it in many different waves throughout my life. I've, I've seen it as different movements come through Christianity. There is a trend uh, with many through the years of spending time with false prophets and false teachers. Are you here tonight? Many, many a preacher and saint of God has been sucked into false doctrine under the guise of I'm trying to reach them. Preachers leave the apostolic movement and go be on staff with someone that's teaching and preaching false doctrine. And when you talk to them, their response is, well, I'm, I'm trying to win them. <laughs> no, you're participating with them. They, they're not coming to join you. You went to join them. And so I think that when we, when we participate with people, it ought to be people with... Uh, that are teaching and preaching and believing the right doctrine. We got to convert them. Yes, let's convert them, but let's not participate with them and let's not have communion with them. Jesus ate with sinners, but he did not participate with them in their sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20, the scripture said, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. And not to God. And I would that you should not have fellowship with devils. Are you listening tonight? He said, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Now, I, I have witnessed, and many of you have through the years, I have literally witnessed hundreds of people that... The Lord fills them with the Holy Ghost and they get baptized in the name of Jesus. They get all their sins washed away. 
but they continue to fellowship with people that are not going in the same direction that they are. And they allow those people that they are still participating with because they're friends, you know. They're friends. I can't just cut off my friends. That's, that would be cultish. It's not, it's not cultish. It's that my fellowship circle has changed and the people that I participate with has changed and the things that I participate in has changed. You understand what I'm saying? And so there, there has to be a... There has to be some lines drawn in our lives, and, and that's, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And so we should gravitate toward the people of God. Now, now I'm looking. I'm in this fellowship pool now. I am looking for people to participate with in Bible study and in prayer and in praise and worship and in church attendance. I want to be a part of this because I have now been born into and I have been grafted into the kingdom of God. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. And he said, someone that is not in covenant with God is drinking of the cup cup of devils. And if you're drinking of the cup of the Lord, you cannot participate with people that drink of the cup of devils. Am I making sense? Amen. In John chapter 17 and verse 3, the Bible said, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. How are you going to know someone that you rarely fellowship with? When we pray... I go back to what I said in the beginning. It feels like that we are praying at God. We're, we're just rattling off things to God. But when we pray, we are participating with him. The Lord is trying to do a work in the earth. And when we enter into prayer, we are yoked up with him. And we are participating with him. We are being used of God to accomplish the will of God. And the only way you can do that is through fellowship. Now, the Lord said in the book of Amos, he said, I knew only Israel. You only have I known of all families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. He said, you were the only people that I developed a covenant with, and you're the only people that was participating with me. And because you have gone astray, I'm going to have to punish you for your iniquities. And then he says, can two walk together except they be agreed? I think it is imperative that we be intentional and find the areas that we agree with and the, or, or agree in. And the way that we do that is to get in the word of God and to study the scripture and to spend time with one another, sharing in the scripture and studying the scripture together. Can two walk together except they be agreed? In Romans chapter 8 and verse 38, he said, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us. These things shall not be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have to focus on strengthening our fellowship so that the things that we battle cannot separate us from the love of God. 
How many of you ever felt like God lets you down before? Anybody ever felt like God lets you down before? You cannot let circumstances and seasons separate you from the love of God. So how do I prevent that? I've got to stay in fellowship with him. I've got to understand the direction that the Lord is wanting me to go, and I've got to be in communion with him. And so fellowship brings us into conformity of his image and his lifestyle, the lifestyle that he wants us to live. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. How can two or can two walk together except they be agreed? If we abide in him, we don't walk different than Christ. We don't hold on to secularism and God at the same time. We're walking with him now. The Lord does not taint himself. He's never going to be in approval of sin. Well, we've got grace. I understand that. That is God's patience in your transformation process. It's not God saying, we're walking together and I'm holy, but you can live unholy. We, we are participating with him. We're on the same team with him. I, I just want to say this. The, the longer I live, the more determined I am to get every form of worldly influence out of my life. I want to be closer in fellowship with him than I ever have been before. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible said, This then is the message which we have, had, we, uh, which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness, everybody say, at all. In him is no darkness at all. None. Not even a little. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. You can tell people that are struggling with their fellowship with him because they always struggle in their fellowship with the body. When there is a breakdown in their fellowship with God, they start distancing themselves from having fellowship with the body. You cannot be an island unto yourself. Amen. This, this is our world right here. This is our world. This is everything. Amen. The children of Israel... When they were traveling with the tabernacle, they put the tabernacle in the center and every tribe encamped all the way around the tabernacle and their tent flaps. This is not a good battle strategy because typically uh, people that traveled would, would face their tent flaps outside of the camp so that they could see the enemy coming. He said, I don't want you facing the door of your house that way. I want you facing the door of your house to the house of God. My house should be called a house of prayer. Let's say it like this. My house should be called a house of fellowship. We're participating with him. Amen. And he said, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. Has, his son cleanses us from all sin. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3, that which we have heard or seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may, be, may have fellowship with us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And these things write I unto you that your joy 
may be full. Fellowship with him and fellowship with his people bring joy and satisfaction to our life. We have to get to the place where we shut out the wrong voices out of our life. Well, I don't want to be ugly to them. You don't have to be ugly to them. You just don't fellowship with them. You're telling me I can't talk to them? That's not what I said. I'm talking about participation. You have to limit your influence, their influence in your life, and you have to make and center your life about the kingdom of God. Amen. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 5, the Bible says, So we being many are one body in Christ. We are many, but we are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. That means if you attack one member of the body, you are attacking the body of Christ. And we are members one of another. You cannot be a member of the body of Christ and be independent from people in the body of Christ. We are members one of another. When one of us struggles, the rest of us come to the rescue. When one of us hurts, the rest of us pray for them. When someone is weak, we strengthen them. We are here to strengthen the brethren. We are here to make sure that we are staying in communion with him and with one another. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, this scripture here, you know, we, we quote this, but we just kind of breeze over it. But the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see that day approaching. Assembling, putting together, tying together, being in fellowship with one another. In the Living Bible, Hebrews 10 and 25 says, let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do. Are y'all here tonight? But encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. In Hebrews chapter 10 and 25 in the Passion Translation, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. I, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I, I don't understand people that cherry-pick their worship services. I, I don't understand people that do not make fellowship with the Lord and the body of Christ a top priority in their life. I have nothing better to do. Well, that's because you're employed by the church. No, no, this is the way I was raised. If the doors are open, you're there. That's the way I was raised because this is everything we live for because eternity is racing toward us at breakneck speed. I can't get enough fellowship with him and you. I've got to be in fellowship and partnership and participation with the people of God. If you find yourself... Going, oh my God, I got to go to the church again. Check your fellowship. Well, it's easy for you to say, you get paid to be here. I sure do not get paid to be here. I don't get paid to do young leaders class on Monday nights. I didn't get paid to do MIT class on Monday night. I don't get paid to pull up that carpet. I don't get paid, I don't get paid to do extracurricular things. You know, I just... I just pastor this church and get up here and preach a pretty sermon and, you know, fill this building up, get a good crowd in the building, get a good income, and then just be happy. I'm not about all that. 
If I'm going to do that, I'm going to go sell shoes or do something else or sell cars or I'm going to open a business or, or do whatever. This is my world right here. I want people to know that if they'll get in fellowship with him and they will participate with him, that the blessings of God will come to their life and they will live a life far beyond better, uh, far beyond what they could ever imagine. Amen. I'm talking about the true essence of fellowship. And of course, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, we know these verses are here. They continuing daily, everybody say daily, with one accord. They were on the same page. How'd they stay on the same page? Because they stayed in fellowship one with another. In the temple and breaking bread from small group to small group did eat their meat with gladness and singleness. Everybody say singleness. They were glad about it. They didn't walk away from the small group saying that was the most boring thing I'd ever had I've been to in my life. Nah, I'm not going tonight. I know, because you got so much going on every other Wednesday night. I know. You're so busy that you can't sit down for one hour and 15 minutes and fellowship with the body of Christ. Because the people of God are so horrible and boring and dead and dull and dry and get on your nerves. It said they ate their bread from house to house and did eat their, eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church on Sundays and Thursdays. They continued daily, and so the Lord added to the church daily. Well, we can't do that. Do you know our schedules? Yes, I do. And that's why it's a problem. Fellowship. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. They that feared the Lord spoke often one to another. They were connected with one another. When you go have coffee with someone from the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, to spend time together, don't, don't let it be a gossip session. Talk about how you're going to participate in the kingdom of God. Talk about how God is going to use you to impact somebody's life. Talk about how you can be a better soul winner with one another. You say, oh, my goodness, we got to be so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good. Come on, folks. We know a little bit better than that. Fellowship is not chit-chat. It's participation. That We are living in a time when, when things are so chaotic in our world. We don't know up from down. We don't know for what's fixing to happen next. And we're trying to sort through all this kind of stuff we need to be closer to him and closer to one another than we have ever been before. We need to be praying one for another more than we ever have before. We need to be encouraging one another more than we ever have before. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me that every man that is among you 
not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. We have to learn to appreciate one another's gifts. We have to learn to celebrate one another's gifts and understand that everybody in the body of Christ has a role. Now, I'm going to go back to this again. In our small groups, we are not doing this because somebody else did it. I've been the pastor here for 20 years. I've known about small groups for more than 20 years. If I was going to do it because somebody else was doing it, I would have done it a long time ago. We're doing this because in 2020, the Lord said, it's time to do this. Amen. And and I'm going to remind us that at some point, it, it won't be just a few small groups, but it will grow into 12 and 16. And those of you that are sitting in some of those small groups that only have two minutes to talk may be the next small group host. You may be the next one that has a group of people from the body of Christ in your home bringing their corporate collective anointing into your house, driving out spirits out of your community and out of your house that would attack your family. Do you understand what happens when the people of God get together and they get in fellowship with one another and we participate with what God is trying to tell us to do? Amen. We're not, we're not just wanting you to be part of the circle from now to Jesus comes. We're wanting you to gain confidence and perspective and, and speaking encouragement to somebody because the Lord is going to move on some of you. And there's going to be a time when we're going to say, hey, we, we can't put 25 in this house. We need to break off not just in one small group. We need to break this into three small groups. And we need people that are willing to do that. Amen. We don't ever have to worry. We don't ever need to worry again about them shutting the church down. If we will let this ministry progress and succeed, this is what they did in the New Testament. Jesus is coming coming back. I don't know about you, but if I was in your place, I would want people fellowshipping and talking about the name of Jesus in my living room. Amen. We're many members, but we are one body. In Romans chapter 15, verse 1, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. We ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Take it seriously when somebody asks you to pray for them. Take it seriously when somebody is telling you the world is coming apart at the seams. Be an encourager to them. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. The scripture said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens is, is not showing up just in time for church and, and, and leaving as soon as the preaching is over. That's not bearing one another's burden. Well, what, what church do you go to? I, I go to this church. I don't do anything. I don't lend a hand. I don't encourage anybody. I don't pray for anybody. That's not my personality. But I go there. No. That's not the New Testament model of fellowship. Now, I'm 
preaching to my fellow introverts here tonight. And I'm telling you that you have to make up in your mind to show yourself friendly and to open up and be vulnerable and to have conversations with people. I'm just better alone. I get it. Okay? I are one. I know exactly what it feels like. I recharge, not in crowds, but by myself. I get that. But because there is something bigger at stake, because there is a much bigger picture, some of you introverts have that deep well of all that thought that you've sat around being the thinker, developing strategies and imagining scenarios and digesting stuff and meditating and being alone and all that. There is a well on the inside of you. Okay, I'm not picking on the extroverts, okay? I love you both. <laughs> but but you're, you know, you're not the extrovert that just goes on just rattling on about everything and, and any, anybody and talk, you, you know, just never meet a stranger. You just talk about everything. You're not the extrovert. You're the introvert. And when you speak, you have the ability to let that well of all that meditation and thought process and prayer that you have put in come out and, and speak words of importance in people's lives. I, I'm telling you, in this, in this hour of the season and the time that we're living in, I don't know how long it's going to be before the Lord comes back for his bride. I, I don't know if it's going to be uh, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years. I don't know how long it'll be, but I don't think it's going to be very long. And we have got, and I'm going to be teaching on this very soon. We have got to get back to perfecting the principles of the apostolic church and understanding what it means to be part of the body of Christ. I'm not just an attendee when I come. Let me ask you a question. How many people do you speak to when you come on this property from the time you come on this property to the time you leave? How many people do you speak to? Do you know? Are you intentional about the people that you speak to? I'm going to shake two or three hands and I'm getting out of here because I'm breaking out in hives. I'm in a crowd. Why don't you look across the congregation someone, uh, sometime and pay attention to somebody's countenance and see what's their posture like? What have you been hearing about them? Did they need me to go up and say, hey, I believe in you. Hey, I'm praying for you this week. I'm committing to say, uh, pray, I'm, I'm committing a prayer for you every day this week. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to be a blessing to you. You don't have to thank me. You don't have to do anything in return. I'm not expecting you to pray for me. I just want you to know that I'm in partnership with you and I'm participating in the ministry of the body of Christ with you. This is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 12 and verse 13 when he said, distributing to the necessity of saints and given to hospitality. Distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality. There, there are literally, I know this is staggering, you're not going to believe this, but there are literally people within greater faith that if, if we were to announce a dinner tonight instead of church, you wouldn't show up. Now, there's other people that we ain't seen in three years. If we announce a dinner, they're going to show up with their plate piled this high. Forget about everybody else. I'm going to get mine, and I'm taking two plates home.
But there's others here that you have so much to offer that if we announce a dinner, you just walk right out the back door because you think that's not important. Just like there were people that did not show up during the children's revival because they didn't think, well, I'm not a child. They didn't think that was important. It's all important because we are participants. We participate. We participate with our children. We participate with our students. Amen. This, this is what we do. This is, our, this is our life. We have nothing better to do. Bless them which persecute you. And uh, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. I'm going to give you a chance to rejoice with them that rejoice. Now, I can't give you the name uh, for several reasons, but somebody messaged me here this week, and we've been talking about Goshen reports and raises or whatever, but uh, they've been looking for a job and, and, and couldn't find a better job or whatever. But on the job that they have, out of nowhere, they were just given a $12,000 a year raise. I'm going to give you a chance to rejoice with them that do rejoice. If the Lord doubled somebody's income, he'll double yours. If he gave somebody a $12,000 a year raise, he'll give you a $12,000 a year raise. Amen. I wanted to say something funny, but I couldn't think of anything to funny. I'd say that was funny. That was funny right there. She's sweet. Weep with them that weep. Do you attend funerals around here? Or is it just if they're in your clique? Do you go out of your way to come comfort a family in a time of loss? Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Be of the same mind one toward another. Be of the same mind. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. The body of Christ is, is the most powerful institution on planet earth. Now, we are, we are headed somewhere as a church. It is God never moves as quickly as we want him to move. We, we were ready a long time ago. But the Lord knows that there is a process to get us from here to there. And that process is the maturation process. It is making sure that when the Lord takes us where he's trying to get us, that the church is mature enough to do what we're supposed to do when we get there and that we're able to handle it. And it's not too much for us. It's not overwhelming for us. Am I making sense here tonight? And so we have to mature. And part of that maturing is knowing how to be together. It's knowing how to communicate with one another. Amen. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of times we, we think that uh, being together is tearing each other down. We just pick at people and we just viciously find the, the biggest part of their insecurity and we exploit it in front of a crowd and ha, 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 we think that's funny. You're the only one that thinks it's funny. Build up one another on your most holy faith. 
We're, we're here to support one another, not mock one another, not make fun of one another. Well, it's just how we do. Well, stop doing that. That's not how God wants it done. Jesus didn't do that with his disciples. And his disciples didn't do that with him. We have to, we have to strengthen Strengthen the brethren. And we have to be here for one another because we are all working toward the same cause. Please don't work against someone that is on your team. Please don't try to demean someone or undermine someone that is working for the same cause. This is the body of Christ. I know I've said it about 82 times in this, in this lesson here tonight. This is important. We have to grow up and we have to mature. I'm not looking for a hand clap here. We have to mature in such a way that there is nothing that can divide us. There is nothing that can slow us down. I'm not looking for a hand clap here. There is nothing that can impede our progress in our maturation process or numerical, our numerical growth. Nothing that can stop the harvest. Amen. With new babies. Hey, I don't know if you realize, but we've had about 40 or 50 people pray through to the Holy Ghost in the last five or six weeks. What are we doing with those people that have prayed through to the Holy Ghost? We need you with your hands in the body of Christ reaching out to somebody saying, hey, we're glad you're here. Hey, where'd you come from? We're so thankful for what God's doing in your life. Amen. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass them, but I. But I see uh, Hiro and uh, Gabby sitting back there, and God filled them with the Holy Ghost a couple of weeks ago. Amen. And 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 we were talking about the Spanish community, and we were talking about a Spanish revival, and we were talking about. Are reaching people that, that we can't reach because there's a language barrier or there's a cultural barrier or because a lot of them are, are they kind of join themselves to a certain religion. A lot of them identify with that certain religion. And we were talking, and, and I said to them, I said, you guys may be the catalyst for the greatest Hispanic revival that this city has ever seen. We've got to start saying stuff like that. We have to speak that. Amen. Yeah, I'm thankful that they're here. They, they're, they've been faithful the last two or three weeks here. They have found something that they're willing to participate in. Amen. Yeah, I think we ought to participate with them in trying to reach every Hispanic. You know, Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, it doesn't matter. The Latin community, somehow we got to reach them. Amen. And I'm, and I'm thankful for it. And I said that to them, and she, she looked, and she said, we're going to do everything we can. That, that's called a mind to participate. You know how they came to greater faith? Through a small group. They came to a small group before they ever walked into the doors of this building. That's what I'm talking about. We got to open doors around our metro. We got to have fellowship one with another because it begins to pull people into the body. Of, are you hearing me? Are you tonight? Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord and give Him praise? Give Him praise. I want to see what 
get to be alive and thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we've got to have you, Lord. We've got to have you. We've got to have you, Lord. Now, Father, I pray, I pray your anointing move upon every heart here tonight. God, we're going to take a moment here. And I pray that you begin to speak to us. Let us hear the voice of the Lord directing our paths. Help us, Lord, to intersect with hungry souls. Lead us to the hungry and lead the hungry to us. I pray, God, that you would empower people in this place that have never won a soul before. Empower them and anoint them and put words in their mouth and connect them to the right people so that you would use them to bring sinners into the kingdom of God. I pray, Lord, that you would move upon those, God, that have gotten a little slothful, Lord, in their evangelistic efforts. And I pray that you would reach out to us again as a church body to participate in evangelism, to participate in disciple-making, to participate in Bible study teaching. And I pray, Lord, that you would empower us. Lord, I thank you for our small group leaders. I pray that you would endue them with the freshness of your anointing and a burden from the Lord like they've never known before. Give them fresh ideas and fresh revelation to take their small group, God, upward and onward and higher and bigger, larger, more powerful, Lord, to bring many souls into the kingdom of God. And help us, Lord, as we move towards Sunday. Use us, God, to bring people to the house of the Lord on Sunday. In Jesus' name, we pray. We thank you, Lord, for a great revival spirit. God bless you.